Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great pre owned inventory. And also plenty of deals and interest rates. Oh, my goodness. They got a lot going for them right now. And this is a great time to buy. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Matt, do you have my requested? Yes, I do. It is ready. We played, and by the way, Doug... Birdsong sent me an incredibly thoughtful um, email during the break. And we played Doug's brilliant call at the end of the Colgate game. And it was brilliant. It's As I told, I, I just finished replying to Doug. He doesn't have it yet because I haven't hit send. But I said, it's pure you and everybody loves it. And I think it's awesome. But here at the broadcast facility of champions, we have to have a semblance of balance. <laughs> and if we play a Doug Birdsong call, we are contractually obligated to play this. Grab, he got the pass away. It's complete down the sidelines, and Bingham's running free. Down to the 25, cuts inside to the 30, down to the 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Shekalobe! It took 16 corners, and they are finally putting a crooked number on the board. That's not the only thing crooked. All right, so... uh... (laughs) (laughs) Uh. I didn't hear the cut ahead of time, so I didn't have the line prepared. (laughs) So... (laughs) That's what, the, that's what he's always said to me. He says, you know what I hate about you? I said, I said, I said, I said is this just one thing? <laughs> he said, you're so quick. <laughs> so once again, a contractual obligation on our part that because we played a cut of Doug internally in order to keep peace in the WKOK Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation family, we have to play a play-by-play cut of the suit. Postscript, I want to say to the audience, we apologize. We'll, okay, uh, so let's get to... <laughs> they both were really good in their own way. Uh, yeah. And the way he says touchdown Shikalimi, you know what's really cool is that like when he's done saying that, the ensuing kickoff's already had and it's actually third down. So it really shortens the game. All right, so <laughs> All right. Joe Giuliano. Outstanding writer, great reporter, off the air at even better guy. 
nothing but great things to say about Joe. It's pure class. And, uh, Joe, with that, we welcome you to the show. It's great to have you with us. Hey, pleasure's all mine, Steve. Great to be with you. Great to be with you. Uh, it's a step-by-step process, and, of course, you're in the Philadelphia area where the Eagles and the uh, Phillies are not going to have fans this season. Uh, so in this step-by-step process, where are we right now, in your opinion? Well, it's uh, it, 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 the waters continue to swirl. I mean, it's like uh, anything with the coronavirus. Uh, you go to bed at night, you get up the next morning, and something different is happening or something worse is happening. Uh, rarely do you get up in the morning and something better is happening, I guess. But um, the city uh, yesterday uh, wanted to make sure that uh, everybody was safe, so they decided to cut off all uh, uh, outdoor major activities like the Mummers Parade, the Thanksgiving Day Parade, the Broad Street Run, the Philadelphia Marathon, uh, until February 28th. And in that uh, directive was uh, the fact that uh, the Eagles would not be able to play with fans in the stands. Now, we don't know if that's definite for the entire season or maybe the first few games or if things improve, maybe they'll change it to having, you know, maybe 15,000 fans at a 70,000-seat stadium. Who knows? But today the city came out with another statement that said (laughs) that uh, the um, city is in close communication with the Eagles, and yes, indeed, fans could be allowed in the stadium at some point that they're in constant communication and they're now talking and they have been talking of course we didn't know yesterday they have been talking we thought that you know everything was uh no one was talking to anyone and now everybody's talking to everybody so (laughs) i'll tell you steve uh, i get on these shows and i'm supposed to sound so authoritative but if you called me in an hour maybe something would change i don't know Oh, for goodness sakes, I'm out here doing hours of radio a week. <laughs> you know, I get, I mean, I, I get stopped in stores. What do you think? I'm like, I don't know. I am hopeful, <laughs> but I don't know. Well, you're going to like the Dr. Fauci of Penn State. You're going to be able to tell people when it's safe to play football with fans again, I guess. Right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, I only play an epidemiologist on the radio. <laughs> okay. Uh, you, in the taking it a step at a time, Ohio State did return to its workouts today after about, what, six days of uh, mm-hmm. pause. Penn State right. Penn State released its testing numbers. Uh, Lincoln Riley sounded more positive about certain things today. Ed Orgeron says it's the fabric of the country to play. <laughs> I think you life saw that. Uh, he said lifeblood is the lifeblood oh, yeah. Yeah, to play. Well, well it's weird. I, I just read a report that the governor of Oklahoma became the first sitting governor to come down with uh, COVID. And so I, I wonder if Lincoln Riley has factored that into his discussions about football. Well, I'll say this. Uh, Lincoln Riley, to his credit, I think, he, he was the first one really to broach spring football, Joe. And he's uh-huh. and he basically said, "Hey, look, health." In his statement, he says, "Hey, look, health of the athletes means everything." He says, "But the, he said we might be able to work something out, whether it's now or reduced or spring." He kind of like left a lot of options on the table. Ed, sure, or, sure. Ed, Ed Orgeron didn't. <laughs> oh right. Well, I guess the national defending national champions can do whatever they want. I guess I don't know. I guess uh, should they play? Should they play? Are we talking uh, college or yeah, college? Talking about college. Oh, okay. Right. Should they play? Should they wow. play? Uh, what did you think of the idea that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have had of saying, let's just go to conference only? 
Well, I think that's that's a that's a good concession to make. Um, I'm thinking that maybe that they'll start the they'll start the season maybe around September 5th or 12th, and then try to finish before Thanksgiving. I agree uh, with you on that. I agree with that. It's a good point, Joe. Uh, so I think that's that's well done. Uh, I've heard word that they want to go to a tenth conference game, but I think nine is plenty. I, I don't see the point in you know trying to mm-hmm. add another one. And I'm and I'm also wondering, Steve, if the Penn State Nebraska game will. Uh, be factored into this redone schedule because obviously that's the longest trip you have. I mean, obviously Rutgers, Nebraska would be a longer trip, but that's the longest trip Penn State has is going out to Lincoln and and having been there as you have, I mean, it's a great place to play, but with no fans or a a low percentage of fans, I don't think it'll be the same atmosphere. No. um, But uh, should they play? That's that's the big question. I obviously we all want to see football you want to see it i want to see it we've been doing this for a lot of years you and i Mm -hmm. um uh yeah i would love to see football i would hate to go through a fall without football it reminds me of the uh, nfl strike i guess it was 1981 when when dick vermeil was like you know geez i go outside and i see that their leaves have changed and it's like geez i had no idea that the leaves change in the fall (laughs) that would be dick but so we're going to be we're going to be like that i guess in 2020 um but uh you know what, Steve? I have to be convinced that they can play safely, and I just can't see it happening. You know, obviously Penn State's players are doing a great job of, of social distancing and staying among themselves and not going out, to, you know, and taking chances out in, in downtown State College. Uh, um, but if one guy breaches that and infects ten other guys it's going to be a mess and i just it would be a very awkward situation to you know start a season and then find out that 10 or 15 of your players have covid and and you have to stop or maybe you have to cancel a game and hope for the next week but god it, it there's just so many variables and so many unknowns yeah. that uh you know my my gut feeling is that yeah i i think that football would probably be best waiting until the spring but, you know, as, as a football fan and a guy who's been doing this for a long time, I, I really would love to see a football season. Yeah, I think I, I will say this. Um, I brought this up. It had to do with the youth initiative. That's why we had Senator Pat Toomey on the show. And he, he was, okay. And in fact, uh, uh, Jimmy Rollins was a part of the group he was with that day talking about youth sports and coming back. And I asked him, I said, what would it mean to the psyche of the country if – Sports could be played again, and he he jumped. I think for the, for the psyche of some people, just because it would, even though it would not be a normal circumstance, the psyche for the country would be good. Now, whether right. you know, how safe it is, we can debate, but you know, the psyche would be good for the country. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, without question. Um, and, and the way things have been going since March the twelfth, you know, <laughs> people have really missed not having sports around and. Even even replays. I mean, I, I've been getting uh, my my biggest enjoyment has been watching replays on MLB Network. Uh, <laughs> I, I, seeing games that I I don't remember or or games that I never saw, like Game Six of the 1952 World Series. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, they've had some great stuff on, but I you know I do want to see live sports. I've, I've gotten into the golf a little bit, yeah. But still, uh, like they're playing um, at Jack Nicklaus's course last weekend, and they're coming up 18. And I know I've seen 18 before in person, where you know crowds are like lined up yep. from from one end of the 18th green to the other, 
and here you look up the hill and there's nobody there and you're thinking oh man this this is bad and they're going to do it again this weekend and there's going to be no crowd there again so it's just it's just weird it looks like the member guest tournament in september uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah right well people won't be watching they're, they're, they finish their run and then they go inside to watch the game in the in the in the uh, grill room exactly uh should they play how good can penn state be Oh, I think they can be very good, Steve. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously Sean Clifford uh, had a good year last year. He kind of wore down a little at the end, and and uh, hopefully they'll they'll find a way not to have to run him so much, or or he'll have to find a way not to run himself so much. But um, I think the only question mark they have really is that wide receiver. And I know they have a lot of talent there, but uh, it's unproven. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Dotson obviously is is going to be the go-to guy, but. Uh, other than that, I, I'm still waiting for some people to step forward. Uh, Daniel George looks like he's got the ability, but uh, I, I don't think he's played that well. Uh, the two kids coming in, Jones and Dunmore, uh, I guess we'll get a chance to, to right. uh, show their stuff. And, I, and from what I hear, they're both very good. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But I, I see that as the only weakness, Steve. I don't really see much. I mean, obviously they have to play uh, replace two starters at mm-hmm. linebacker, but – you know, Luketa Brooks. I mean, those guys are, are solid linebackers. Um, you know, and uh, playing time will just, I'm sure, improve their their um, you know their function in the in the defense. So, yeah, I, I, I see this team doing some great things. Can they beat Ohio State to win the division and go mm-hmm. on to the championship game? I don't know, but I think they're going to give them a, a run for their money. Joe, until uh, told otherwise, you keep working toward the goal of playing in the season. And for Penn State, they made that transition Monday to the next step, including eight hours of work and so forth. But then they get to go out on the field with what essentially is a two-week minicamp at 20 hours per week. Uh, And they get to use a ball. I mean, I know it sounds like a joke when you say that, but (laughs) but, but it's also important. The right. fact that Penn State did not have a spring practice and has some change, especially with Kirk Shiraka as the offensive yes. coordinator, how important can those two weeks be for this team? Oh, very important. I mean, I, I know James Franklin is going to make the most out of every second that he has out there Yes, with his coaches and, and his players and, and, and having a football to throw around and, uh, you know, being as ready as they can be, uh, you know, provided that camp will start on schedule on August the 7th. So. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's very important, but I, I you know I, I think they're going to be okay. I mean, obviously, as you know, and as your listeners know, James is one of the great uh, organizers and yes, uh, you know time management folks. So I'm sure he'll have a lot of planning. And uh, yeah, I always love when he gets to when we talk to him in, at media day uh, during uh, training camp, and he'll say, "Oh yeah, we have it all planned right through the bowl game. Uh, you know, uh, practices and and." Uh, this and that, and you're like, oh my God, really? Like, yeah, guy, guy has a lot of time on his hands in the summer, but he uses it very well. And and uh, uh, with this being such an unusual preseason, I'm sure he's going to make the most of it uh, the best way he can. I know you. Uh, I have to ask about some Philadelphia stuff right now. Jason Peters comes back, obviously with the injury in the offensive line, you, they, they lose a Pro Bowler. He's going to play out of position, though. Uh, but he's a nine-time Pro Bowler himself. What, is, what does that mean getting him back into the mix? And is Andre Dillard good enough to play left tackle? Well, um, is, is Andre Dillard good enough to play? The jury is still out on that. You know, from all <laughs> indications, he's got he's got physical ability, but does he have the mental makeup to yeah. uh, 
to stick to it. I mean, he, he's got a lot to learn. Um, I don't think his development last year was quite what the Eagles had wanted. The 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 the, the, uh, the upward line of his development wasn't as high as I think they would have liked. Jason Peters coming back is big for the Eagles because he's a good locker room guy yes, he and is. a guy who can tutor a guy like Dillard. But he's injury prone. I mean, he 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 had some injuries last year. Well, he's had some injuries the last three years where I don't think he's played. He might have missed maybe a third of their games. Uh, yeah. He, I, obviously, he missed the Super Bowl. I mean, that's that's uh, that's um, yeah. You're really big stuff. You're really hurt when that happens. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, your, your best offensive lineman is sitting on the bench, but. Uh, you know, I think he's gonna he's gonna do his best. I, I don't know how he can stay healthy, being 38 and, and learning a new position. Although he is playing between Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson, two of the best offensive linemen in the NFL. So, uh, you, you know, that it might be okay. it might be good for him to have that kind of help and maybe not have to extend himself so much. But time will tell. But uh, the injury the injury bug with him kind of concerns me a little bit. I have to ask, how have things gone for the Phillies at Citizens Bank Park so far? Have they been able to do what they hoped they would do? Oh, yeah. Last night they had a uh, scrimmage, they called it, a 10-inning scrimmage that started at 6 in the evening so they could get used to playing under the lights, I guess. And they brought in their PA announcer, Tan Baker, (laughs) to introduce the starting lineups and announce each batter as he comes up. They played the uh, walk-up music for all their guys. they piped in some crowd noise, although uh, Girardi was asked about it after the game, and he said something like, well, you know, it, it's it's nice. I like having the crowd noise. I wish they'd kind of change it around a little bit, like I guess maybe cheering and booing and, <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, get the fanatic off the field and things like that. But, uh, yeah, it, it seems like they're doing okay. I mean, they're the uh, like Kingery has come back from COVID and, uh, and you know, a couple other guys. Um, but... Uh, so far, so good. I mean, we haven't heard anything out of the testing that uh, has uh, sidelined anybody to this point. But this weekend, they have to go to Washington right. for an exhibition game, and then uh, then they come home and they play the Orioles. So um, when they start traveling, I guess that's when the nerve uh, the nerve wracking part of this season is going to start to see uh, just what people are going to pick up on the road. Not just the Phillies, but uh, all the other teams. Uh, that's uh, the great question right now. Uh, I assume most of the, let's see, they would fly a couple of places, what Miami and Atlanta, but for the most part, like Tampa, DC, yeah. Ball, yeah, Tampa, that uh, the rest they can bus. So they probably would fly to Boston. They wouldn't. They wouldn't bus. To I would Boston. think so. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, so, unless they take a like a, a cell, if they get in the cellar to go to Boston, maybe they could do that. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, they uh, they do take the train to Washington, uh, and of course the the Mets and the Yankees will be playing. So, yeah, there's uh, there's. They don't have to do as much flying as, as some of the other teams out west, but uh, again, it's a, it's going to be a nerve-wracking time for everyone. Joe, an absolute pleasure. You know, I always enjoy the time I spend with you and appreciate you and uh, everything very much. Well, thank you very much, Steve. It's great to be with you. Joe Giuliano, Philadelphia Inquirer. Back with more in a moment. I believe uh, we've hit all the benchmarks we're supposed to hit, that if we play a Doug Bird song play-by-play, we have to play a soup play-by-play. And we've met I me. Mean, if you sit down in the staff meeting, I would assume you could sit down in total comfort now, right? Yes, absolutely. I just want to make sure. I mean, because I only did that just like to save your job. Back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. 
All right, next half hour, uh, converted from corner to safety. We'll hear from Trent Gordon of the Nittany Lion football team as we continue on the show. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors care routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Your pseudo home for the suit. Was I supposed to contractually say that, uh, Matt? I think so. It's a contract thing, right? No? Possibly. It'll make him happy. And in the end, isn't that why we all wake up to live? Of course. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. And uh, again... Uh, you can get great lines of Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, pre-owned inventory. Great deals right now, too. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com, best in the business. Great sales staff, service department, takes care of the life of your investment. We told you earlier that uh, Houston, it was a big headline, Houston pauses workouts. Well, now for over a week, Houston has been back working out again. We told you it was a big headline, Kansas State football stops workouts. Well, Kansas State is back working out again. And you probably didn't know either one of them. Ohio State, big one, Uh uh-oh, pauses workouts. Ohio State's back working out again. Uh, They don't make, when they go back, they don't make the headlines. When they go, they make the headlines. So in an area of fairness, we keep trying to update you pro and con as to what's going on. That way you know what's going on. The NCAA today did a baseline on return to play. And one of the keys is going to be that 72 hours before a competition, they'll have to pass the P, uh, the PCR test. Within 72 hours, it's within. Within 72 hours of competition. And if a test can't be performed in that window, games should be postponed, canceled, alternative method of testing, or whatever. Any player who tests positive for the coronavirus will be forced to isolate for 10 days and then allowed to return to action after at least three days without symptoms. Players who are found to have been in high-risk contact with others have to quarantine for 14 days. High-risk contact defined as being within six feet of an infected person for more than 15 minutes in which one or more individuals are not wearing masks. So that's part of what they put out today. All right. 
Trent Gordon and the Nittany Lions have been working out. The good news is that the tests so far, knock on wood, have come back negative across the board, including Trent's. He had an opportunity to talk with the media today, starting with Mark Brennan of 24-7 Sports and Fight on State. Trent, thank you for doing this today. We, we appreciate your time. No problem. Hey, can you uh, take us through the position change? You know, how did it come up? When did it come up? And how has it gone so far, considering you didn't have the, the luxury of spring ball? Um, yes. Yeah, so the first person that brought it up to me was actually Coach Smith. You know, it was during um, one of workouts last semester. So he kind of brought the idea to me, said, hey, Trent, you know, we're going to be moving you to safety and if that was comfortable for me since I played it in high school I said yes because you know that's some that's not an unfamiliar position for me so coach T was the one that suggested the the position change and then of course I talked to coach Banks and coach Banks thought it was a great idea you know they all thought of, thought that it was the best fit for me and then from then on I had to go see Coach Pry. You know, he talked to me as well. He said kind of the same things that Coach Smith and Coach Banks were saying to me. And then I talked to Coach Franklin about it. And then we all kind of came to the decision that, yeah, moving to safety was actually one of the better um, decisions for me because it allows me to play, you know, the position that I played in high school, which I was more comfortable with anyways. And it gives me a little bit more opportunity to freely play, you know. Next question is Donnie Collins with the Times Tribune. Hi, Trent. Uh, why do you think it was the, the best fit for you to move to safety? And, and what about your skill set kind of matches up and makes you more comfortable with safety than, than say, cornerback? Yeah, yeah, good question. So uh, pretty much like I said, I already played the position in high school, so I'm, I'm very, very comfortable with doing it. And then on top of that, being at safety, it just kind of builds on my uh, skill set as corner. Now I can be more physically, uh, now I can be more physical. Now I can play a lot more faster because I can see everything uh, more clearly now being at, you know, the the farthest level of the secondary. So I can pretty much see everything. So it allows me to um, kind of dissect the play and be able to react quicker than what I would be as a corner. So, you know, that kind of enhances um, being a safety, it enhances my skill set uh, as, a, as a corner. So it was just a really, really good fit for me at the time. Let's go to Greg Pickle with Penn Lives. Hi, Trent. How are you? Thanks for your time today. Great. Good. Hey, correct me if I'm wrong, but just from the chest up, it looks like you put some uh, muscle on, some weight on. Are you a little bit bigger now to play safety? And if so, how much? And how did you go about that process, uh, you know, without being on campus? I have. So um, as the position changed, they did tell me, hey, Trent, um, we're going to ask you, you know, do you feel comfortable with putting on pounds? You know, they don't say we need you to be this this specific um, weight. They say, do you feel comfortable playing at this weight? You know, just to, you know, ease my mind for it. And then, of course, you know, being, as, uh, being a um, corner, I didn't really have to deal with running backs as much. And, you know, I was kind of good playing at 185, but not anymore as a safety, you know, I had to really look at things and say, yeah, if you want to hit the big guys, it's time for you to put on some pounds. And I did that. I put on at least 10. So right now I'm weighing 2, 
202, I believe. And before I was 185, so I kind of picked up the pounds pretty quickly, but I've definitely been managing it from a um, healthy standpoint, especially with the help of our nutritionist. So they pretty much got me at a good weight that I can play at. So yeah, I did pick up pounds. And wait, good weight. Tyler Donahue, Lions247. Hello, Trent. Thanks for the time. Um, when you talk about switching over to safety, um, six months later, you still haven't gotten a chance to practice at that position because of the situation. How do you still try to maintain your competition with guys like Brisker and Sutherland and Rudolph and Wade and, and the other players, Enzo Jennings? H how are you able to kind of make an impact on the position battle without getting to the practice field at this point? Well, what it is is that I have to keep my head on a swivel pretty much in the classroom, like in our football meetings, you know, um, just proving to Coach Banks that I know what I'm doing um, without actually being on the field. That just kind of gives him an indication that he can actually trust me, um, even though he hasn't actually seen what I've been able to do yet as a safety. You know, just being disciplined in our meetings uh, is one thing about it. And then also we kind of just practice – amongst each other at some of the local places around here. And, you know, that just helps me build on, like, safety footwork, you know, and then hitting and stuff like that. So just practicing with the guys on campus, it just kind of keeps me with them, keeps me up to speed with the safeties. And it hasn't really affected anything of my skill set so far. So I've been doing pretty good, um, keeping my footwork and all my safety skills on par with everybody else. So next up is Peter Terpstra with WTAJ. Hey, uh what are you guys doing to I don't know, keep it fun or light when you you know you might not be able to hang out with all your teammates at once or uh, how do you pass the time? Um, yeah, I would really have to say it's really boring right now. You know, everybody, whenever they go out, they have to wear a mask. You know, we're doing the best that we can to social distance, and we're just kind of trying to follow those rules outside of football, you know. So since then, it's been really, really boring. I don't really do much except for kind of stay in the house and then talk to my roommates. But I'd like to see, you know, other guys on the team. Obviously, I FaceTime them. Uh, we talk on the phone and everything here and there, and I see him doing workouts. But outside of that, there's kind of minimal interaction with those guys because I've been trying to, you know, social distance and stuff. Nubias Wilborn with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Man, what's up, brother, man? Thank you for doing this, sir. How about you? Man, I'm fantastic, man. You know how I go. Um, from there, just walk me through – you mentioned putting on weight. Were there any types of foods that maybe you had to try that you hadn't had? Or what's been your food prep game like as far as preparing the types of foods you need? Um, well, for me, um, I'm a guy that is already pretty lean. And I don't necessarily put on pounds uh, that fast because I burn everything off. So a main component of my diet since then has really been a lot of pasta for me because that's just been making me, you know, just kind of keep, let the weight stick to me. So that's kind of been a big part of my diet. And then also what I've been eating is a lot of fish. I don't necessarily what that know what that does to me, 
but I just just know that I've really been moving a lot faster, a lot you know quicker and stuff. It's made me um, I'm pretty lean, you know, the fish diet. So I'm gonna continue to do that. But yeah, for the most part, I've just been eating lots of pasta and fish just to keep me. Next up is John Sauer with the Center Daily Times. Hey, Trent. Thanks for taking the time to do this. You mentioned playing safety in high school and sort of moving to corner once you got to Penn State. What did you learn in your time playing corner at Penn State that you can take with you back to playing safety again? Um, so being at corner for me was really, really, was really a learning experience. You know, it, it taught me uh, where my eyes should be. You know, it helped me with eye discipline. Um, it helped me kind of further my knowledge as a safety and take that with me. So what I could see at corner, I can now see at safety pretty much. So it just kind of enhanced my um, my eye discipline. And then on top of that, um, it forces me pretty much to know where everybody else is on the field. Like I've had to um, dissect and learn everybody else's uh, role on the field to see what they're doing. So it makes sure, so it makes me know what I should be doing and how the defense should be run. So it just kind of helped me with little stuff like that. Let's go to Audrey Snyder with The Athletic. Trent, thanks for your time. Um, going back to your recruitment, Tim Banks was really involved with you. Uh, what do you think or why is Tim an effective recruiter? What do you think makes him good at what he does in that regard? I think that Coach Banks is really passionate about what he does. He actually cares about his players uh, truly, and obviously so did my corners, my last corners, Coach Coach Smith. Um, they both do, you know, but Coach Banks, he really, really um, puts his time into everybody individually, you know. And then on top of that, he just kind of has a charisma for it. He's very... Uh, charming and then he just kind of lures guys in with that because he's just such a, a real person you know he always keeps it true and he and he's always real so I think that's why he's a really good um, recruiter just kind of the guy that he is you know a lot of people would like to flock to him and also talk to him and that's kind of what I did too so. Mark Wolgerich with SportsIllustrated.com. Brent, hi again. Thanks for your time. I was wondering if you could tell the story of your grandfather. It sounds like he has a pretty unique backstory in playing basketball in Oklahoma. Oh, yeah, my grandfather. No one's actually asked me that question ever, actually. Um, so my grandfather, I really didn't find out his back, you know, his backstory until probably maybe five, six years ago when we actually came up to a homecoming game at um, Oklahoma State University. And then that's where they were honoring him. I had no idea because no one told me anything. They, they wanted me to find out as a surprise. And so then all of these things that I found out about him, you know, him being the first um, player, first black player to play at Oklahoma State, I mean, it was just really surreal to me. And I didn't even know that he was just this serious dude there. I mean, everybody kind of knows him. He's a part of the uh, basketball legacy there. And so me finding out about that, it was just really um, special for me because the grandfather that I know, he never really told any basketball stories. He was just kind of 
this guy that sat in this chair and didn't say much. You know, he was all he was a family man. But then when I find out that second part of him, I was I was really pretty much astonished because he he's really um, not worshipped, but he's welcome there at all times. So. Joe Giuliano with the Philadelphia Inquirer. Hey, hey, Trent, thanks for your time. Uh, this will be your second question you've ever gotten about your grandfather playing basketball. But uh, I just wondered what kind of things he told you. This was 1958, first, like you said, the first black player. What did he tell you about how he was accepted or, or not accepted? Uh, how much pride did you take in, in his journey to get to that point? And how has that shaped, you know, what you think now of, you know, social issues, especially in this turbulent times. Um, so for him, it kind of, it, it struck a chord with me knowing that he didn't have the best time in college um, because obviously of all the segregation that was going on during that time. And so his transition to college was pretty rough, but I know that the guys on the team um, kept him sane because obviously you know, for sports, we all consider each other as a brotherhood or, you know, for the female female sports, a sisterhood. So, you know, they just embraced him and he felt more at home the more that he was with his basketball team. And that kind of does the same thing for us. You know, I'm glad that I'm not, I'm fortunate enough to not live in those types of times to where everything here is very intermixed and Penn State does a great job of doing that. You know, they do a great job of respecting everybody here. And so I'm fortunate enough to not have to go through the experiences that my grandfather did. So I'm just really glad from that aspect. From that aspect. We'll do another round of questions. Let's go Mark Brennan with Fight On, Fight on State. Trent, it looks like things are, are pretty dicey in Texas with, with the COVID stuff. Um, how difficult is it for you to be so far away from your family during this time? And is everybody okay with your family? Um, yeah, thank you so much. My family is doing just fine in Texas. Um, and I make sure that I call um, my family at least every day, you know, every other family member every day, because I just like to stay in uh, contact with them to see, uh, you know, what they're doing. And obviously, I don't call them every day because I love to get, you know, those um, conversations about, you know, how was your week? What did you do on this day? What you do on that day? So I prefer just not to call them every single day, just hearing the same thing over and over again. You know, I'm fine. I'm fine. You no, know, I want to hear about, you know, the special things that kind of went on throughout the week. So I continuously talk to them. And I know that the COVID situation is getting a lot worse um, where they are, and I'm telling them, you know, make sure you're social distancing, make sure you're wearing your mask, you know, do the basic things to keep you guys safe because you don't know who you're around when you go out. So I'm just making sure that they stay safe down there while I'm staying safe up here. Let's go to Donnie Collins with the Times Tribune. Hey, Trent, I'm, when, when you make a position switch, what is that – What's the transition like for you? Not you know, not not playing, but maybe even socially, because you're going from one group of guys to another, one coach to another. How, how, what is that transition like, mentally, socially, things like that? Um, the transition was actually no different at all. We all spend time around each other. Uh, you know, the DBs. We all spend time around each other anyway. So 
really it was just me being moved from the corners room to the safety room around dudes I already hang around. So really nothing was different except for, you know, the playbook wise. That that was pretty much it. I had to learn the safety part of everything. Not like I didn't know it before, but the safety part of everything and the rest of the defense. That was legitimately the only change or hardship that I had to go through. And that is Trent Gordon. And he played safety in high school. I think I I felt this was a really terrific position change because I think he can be a natural safety at Penn State, and Penn State had depth at corner that allowed this to happen. All right, we'll wrap it up in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, fun show today, informative show today. Our thanks to Jermaine Truax, the Outstanding Athletic Director at Bucknell, for joining us today, Director of Athletics and Recreation. Our thanks to Joe Giuliana, Philadelphia Inquirer, and Trenton Gordon of the Nittany Lion football team. More coming up tomorrow, and I just want to remind Matt that the king is part of that mix. Don't Philly, worry, I'm, I'm remembering. I, it's just a one-time I feel, thing. I just feel like I have to remind you. <laughs> I I will be ready, locked and loaded with three intriguing questions. Three intriguing questions. What if we need more? I'll come up with one on the fly. That's how I do the entire segment. <laughs> Plus, it was great to hear the suits, shikalimi, football play-by-play cut.